Hello, I am the Gentleman Maker. Welcome to the Gentleman Maker's Shedcast. And here we are again, two weeks on. It's Friday the 11th of March, at 2022, and this is my Shedcast. Gosh, what a fortnight it's been. Uh, I've made a few changes to a few things, most important of which is I seem to have got myself a part-time job. Yeah, curious that. <laughs> We've got a farm shop just up the road from home and uh, I know Jeff who runs it and um, he knows I'm self-employed and he knocked on the door the other day and, and he said have you got a few hours to spare we are in need of a little extra help so I toddled along last week on Wednesday and spent the day being bewildered by the enormous variety of items for sale in the farm shop all the animal feeds and the bedding etc and, and how to find them on the electronic till it's interesting. There are a couple of other grown-ups that work there. <laughs> and Jeff, who owns it. Uh, and uh, he's a grown-up. He's younger than me. Uh, and it's jolly jolly interesting. Jolly good fun. A whole new world to learn. Uh, it's a few extra pennies in the pot that can go towards some projects that we've got coming up that need to be self-funded. Including, and I'm very pleased to announce, uh, that uh, Nick, Ginger Fluff, and I will be attending Maker Central. At the end of April. Uh, we're, we're only there for the day, for Saturday. Can't afford two days there. Uh, but um, we are going to stay at the Hilton Metropole on site at the NEC, which is where Maker Central is held in Birmingham. Yeah, forgot that. Uh, um, the Metropole is where all the other makers tend to stay because it is right on site. And it, it's a, a small extravagance uh, made possible through some generous funding. So we're very lucky to be able to go there. And uh, that'll be our holiday for the year, I think. <laughs> bit of bit of making, bit of chatter, bit of, hi, Jimmy, etc. <laughs> and Bob. And, and Tim Sway is going to be there. If you don't know Tim Sway, check him out on YouTube. He, he makes, uh, amongst other things, guitars from reclaimed materials. Very interesting. Very interesting to watch the process. And, and hear his discussions on Tonewood, which is oft mentioned in the um, guitar world that you get a better sound from different types of material that the guitar body may be made of. Uh, Tim has at least one video uh, dispelling that myth. Yes, you can get different sounds, but one is not necessarily better than the other. And as you know, a beauty is in the eye of the beholder or a sound is in the eye of the ear, ear holder. I'm holding my ear. I'm holding my left ear. <laughs> I can't hold my right ear. I'd drop my coffee if I did that. I'm recording in the kitchen again, of course. I have Charlie Dog for company, who's flat out. He's just been on a play date with his friend Barney the dog, who is also a cockapoo. And they were, were racing around in Barney's owner's back garden, whilst uh, the owner and I discussed a, a small project that uh, they want done. So that's some more research to do, isn't it? I'll cram the beginning of that in shortly. So other than working in the farm shop, I've done some more fusion learning. I'm really getting to grips with that. Uh, a bit of 3D printing, uh, another adapter I've made to go from my circular saw to my vacuum. Simple thing. Glued that onto the circular saw. That's a permanent adapter for that. Fortunately, I don't need it for anything else. If I need another one, I'll print it. <laughs> uh, I have a curious project from somebody they've asked me to clean 
an ivory statue. Of course, it's not everyone's cup of tea because of the origin of the ivory, which in this case is unknown. We don't know if it's elephant. Uh, it could be a, a tusk from many other things. It could be whalebone even, I think. As we know, it is, is bone-based. Um, it's very old. It's certainly pre-1947, which if you have any ivory after 1947, you really shouldn't have. It's illegal. I'm guessing, unless its provenance can be proven. Uh, I don't know. I just know that um, anything up to 1947 is okay. Not that it was okay to slaughter elephants to acquire ivory, of course. So I don't know what, what the source of this is, but I'm giving it a clean and using white glue to reassemble it. It's a complicated statue of a fisherman with a basket of fish and, and accoutrements and a small boy standing next to him holding a hat, I think. Uh, and it's made up of, of lots of small carved pieces that are jointed together with pegs. And over the years of living in, in different houses, climate has taken its toll and the whole thing is really wobbly. Like those old plastic toys you used to get, uh, animals shapes on a base. And if you pressed your thumb into the base, it relaxed the elastic that held all the animals together and they all go floppy. It's a bit like that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm gradually amalgamating all the parts into one solid structure again and cleaning a little, doing a little cleaning. I don't want to strip it back to its, its brilliant white ivory. It needs to, needs to look like it's 200 years old. Uh, hopefully. It might not be that old, but, you know, it's certainly not new. Got a lot of... Um, a lot of years worth of grime on it uh, a gentle wipe with a damp cloth is removing mostly i'm not going too crazy with it as i said and uh, there are repairs on it so there's some yucky old brown glue in places that i'm scraping off um, right back into the joint it'll never be 100 percent the day it was made of course because being a natural product it's moved and acclimatized and whilst there is a partial cure by um, wrapping the pieces in uh, mineral oil soaked cloth. Uh, the mineral oil revitalizes the structure of the ivory because it's, it's fine hair, isn't it? Largely, it's what it is compressed hair or, or something like that. Something like that. It's fibrous material. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'll do that. I think I'll, I'll keep it as it is. The few cracks that are there are never going to go away. So we won't overdo it. I'm no expert at this, by all means. I've, I've just researched it and on the basis of not wanting to screw it up more than anything. As I said to the customer, I, this isn't something I know about. I will research and tread very carefully. Because I know that too many people repair things like this. You know, they just grab the nearest glue, whatever that might be, and squish it in. But at least with the white glue I'm using, if at any point they take it to a real ivory conservator, they will be able to get the thing apart without much effort as they'll know what it's glued with for starters because I will leave a note with it now tomorrow's the weekend tomorrow's Saturday I will be in the shed for a bit doing a little more uh, tidying and uh, working out how to hook up the dust extraction for the CNC I've bought a one inch diameter bit to go in the CNC so I can surface the spoil board finally and then hopefully work out and do what's called tramming, which is making sure the the router or the tip of a router bit is exactly the same distance from the spoil board at many points across it. 
and you can do that with a, a fairly simple jig. So I'm going to have a go at that. And then I've got to trim my spoil board down in size a bit, because it doesn't need to be as big as it is. I didn't know when I made it, but there you go, you learn these things. I've got some projects to do on it, uh, and a, a little project out on quote at the moment to make some playground dividers for our local under fives preschool playgroup. Just waiting on some feedback. And I've just, just been to see a customer who wants a cooker hood shroud designed uh, to match him with their kitchen, which is nice. So I've got that little bit of research to do. Uh, yeah, it's jolly good, really. Uh, what else have we done? Nick's been very busy making socks. That's her current thing. So I've made, albeit out of mount board at the moment, some sock stretchers. So once she's knitted the sock, uh, she washes them and we slide them over these sock stretchers. They're wrapped in a bit of cling film just to stop the water. And it helps to shop the sop, sops. <laughs> it helps your teeth stay bright. It helps the socks keep their sock shape whilst they dry. Got it. And this is experimental. We will make some adjustable sock frames or sock stretchers or sock blockers, I think she wants to call them. Uh, the, the, the process of uh, shaping a hand-knitted item that's made with proper yarn, um, it's called blocking. I've made blocking frames for her before, bespoke ones per garment. You just you shape the item to the, the perimeter of the frame and it helps it retain its shape as it dries because the fibres dry at slightly different rates and you might get a bit of shrink, a bit of stretch here and there. So by blocking, you ensure uniform shrinkage. It's only a little bit it does it finds its shape, but the blockers make it uniform and nice and neat and it uh, looks good. Ideally, if you hand wash a natural wool product, you should do this when you dry a thing or at least lay it out very flat and shape it by hand. Pull it about till it's just right and let it dry thoroughly. What else have I done? Oh, yes. Shop related. <laughs> I was trying to remember. I didn't make any notes. I've been so busy. Um, we installed a new table that uh, one of the helpers, one of the volunteers, her husband's made to act as a desk, which is good because it means that's something I didn't have to do. Because whilst I volunteer at the shop, I do have to earn a bit of money, but my quote for that was a reasonable price. So this one was free, which is fine with me. I'll be there this afternoon. I'm working in the shop this afternoon. I get to follow uh, the lovely Rebecca Valance, who is our local cake lady. Uh, she's in there at the moment. I shall go and take over at one o'clock via the library to find another book to read at some point. I don't know when. <laughs> I'm hoping tonight to uh, crack on with some more Fusion 360 learning so I don't forget what I've already learned. I've got a, a custom thing to design and 3D print for us. I'm going to try and make a start on that. What's that? Oh. Looks like it's got legs. Where's Charlie? My uh, body warmer was on the back of this creaky wicker chair and it's just fallen off. And I've just heard Charlie curl up on it. If I'm not here and there's a jumper or, or something like that of mine on the settee, he'll curl up close to that funny old thing. It must smell nice. Although the, the body warmer smells of farm shop and animal feed and, and uh, pig's ears and trotters and all sorts of things that we sell. I'm quite keen actually to accompany the owner of the shop Jeff up to Spitalfields he goes to the market every I'm going to say Friday morning 
He leaves around midnight, Thursday night, travels up to London with his Land Rover and trailer and buys all the fresh produce for the week to sell through the farm shop. I think that might be quite interesting to see how that process works. I'll give him a break, he won't have to do the driving. Because that's a long old day, he's then back in the shop for half past eight in the morning. I've no idea how he manages that. But he does admit he's tired. So yeah, I'd like to go on that, see what it's all about. Because I've driven the Land Rover, I've done some local deliveries, and we have a transit there as well, so I've been tooling around the, the, the lanes, delivering horse feed and coal and, and things of that nature, and food orders to a couple of local care homes. It's fantastic. Uh, compared to being glued to a desk like I was for 30 odd years, um, this is much more rewarding, I would say. Whilst it was always nice to achieve a good bit of artwork or some interesting design, this is, I feel more like I'm doing something worthwhile. Especially delivering coal the other day to an old fellow in the village who can't lift it himself. He has somebody come in and look after him, do the cleaning, etc., and stoke the fires. Uh, I took, took the coal in sacks, comes in sacks, and uh, tipped it in a coal bunker. Crumbs, the last time I saw a coal bunker was the late 70s at my grandparents' house. They still had a coal bunker outside, which they still used at the time. Uh, they had a coal-fired boiler in their kitchen. Where I lived, at, at my mum and dad's house, um, they, they no longer had a coal-fired bunker. Uh, uh, fire, coal-fired fire, <laughs> or boiler. That was gas. Um, so I remember, even way back then, probably uh, 1975-ish, dad smashed up the concrete coal bunker back then. Yeah, this one, exactly the same style. Slide the, the lid back at the top, tip the coal in, and then there was a, a gap at the bottom on the outside that you can run your, ram your shovel in and get a shovel full of coal. Yeah, interesting design. <laughs> I won't bore you with um, coal bunker ideas and designs. I think that's that's too dull. Goodness me. So that's that. That's where we're at. 15 minutes in already. I'll edit this in a moment. It's just a quick one. I've got a few more things to do. Uh, some Facebook posts, etc. Before I put my hat and coat on, dodge the rain, and get myself down to Made by Kent in the High Street to do my afternoon stint uh, on this Friday. So I hope you're all well. Um, we're not even touching on world politics today. We're not going to go there. That's not maker-related. Not specifically. Or that, oh, actually, <laughs> I'll do this. Somebody on, on one of the Facebook groups I'm in, Lisa Kleizak. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce her surname, but that's my best guess. She reposted something from a Ukrainian lady requesting that people around the world paint blown eggs in a particular style which she linked to a book of styles and send them to a Ukrainian heritage centre in New York uh, as a an interesting means of, of solidarity you know, embracing these traditions. They are of course um, can you say is it Russians or, or do we go Slavic? I don't really know but the style the style is lovely, and it's it's proper folk art, decorated eggs. They were decorated to keep in the home to ward off uh, uh, the devil. Sort of a little pretty trinket, a bit like the, the Turkish would paint an eye, for instance. Or we'd just get really drunk and ignore the devil. 
Oh, we don't have much left here, do we? Never mind. So yeah, I'm going to have a go at that. I'm going to blow some eggs. Uh, the last time I remember doing that, I remember it hurting the sides of my mouth a great deal. So I've, I've got the air compressor. I think I might cheat and do that very carefully so I don't end up with mess. So the results of that, if I can get good at it, I will share on Instagram. And I've, I've told a few friends in the village and a few local makers, so there might be a few to show. But that looks like an interesting thing to be able to do. So until next fortnight, I hope you're all well. Take care. Whatever you're doing, be safe. Bye for now.